Bienvenidos and happy Friday. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Into the Night Minute, a show where each and every week teams of Movies by Minutes uh, hosts talk about the little known but uh, very much beloved for some people, 1985 John Landis directed feature Into the Night. I am your host this week, uh, Jim O'Kane of the Airport Minute, the Apollo 13 Minute, the 007 Minute, uh, the Rocketeer Minute, and the producer of a couple of other minutes. And uh, and I'm your substitute co-host here, Nancy O'Kane, and apparently tonight we're going to talk about one of my absolute favorite things of all time, getting on an airplane. <laughs> yes, we uh, we have, uh, I, I did marry a white-knuckled woman, and she does not enjoy uh, the plane. She, I, You've never tried the, the Bruce Willis diehard method of taking off your shoes and making fists with your toes. Have you ever tried that? You want me to take off my shoes and go barefoot on a commercial airplane? Oh, well, maybe not after the plane. What you do is a- immediately after you get off the plane, you go into a hotel and make fists with your toes. But I guess it's all <laughs> over by then, so it's too late. <laughs> yep. But what, what is the, I know, I know you do have a, a regimen for when you're uh, on a plane. Well, you're the one that, um, you gave me the astronaut's pro tip for fighting air sickness and queasiness is that you need to put your hands and your feet on a flat surface. The, the part that I don't like about flying is the takeoff and the landings where we're tilting and turning and nothing's level and everything's moving around. And apparently, I don't know if this is just psychological or not, but if your feet are flat on the ground, if your hands are on a flat surface, then your brain recognizes that you're not actually spinning randomly through the air. And that does seem to calm me down a little bit when we're flying. So Yeah, it's, it's worked for me. I, I noticed the screaming has gone way down. So. <laughs> no, the, the fingernail marks in your arm have yes. gone way down. Yes, yes, I've, I've learned my lesson. But uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad it works because we can, we can go places and do things. And we have, been, we have been on a similar flight like they're showing you here uh, where we're, we're headed off to Mexico, which is a, a very different trip if you've, if you've ever flown to a, a place like uh, uh, Puerto Vallarta or, or uh, Acapulco or any of those places. It's, it's a very different kind of ride. Um, it was a, a small plane, a bouncy plane, um, and I remember the airport looking like somebody had put it together for a quick movie set. It didn't look at all like the airports I was used to, but yeah, it was that was a fun trip. That was um, our one and only expedition to Mexico that we've been on so far, and it was it was a lot of fun. I think we had more fun than probably Jeff Goldblum is about to have. That's that's true. Yeah, he at least, at least we got to Mexico, so mm-hmm. he had a. I, I I do recall that they had the uh, the old fashioned uh, stairway that would roll up to the plane, which is a bit odd. And uh, the other thing is that so many people have timeshares in Mexico. Yep. This was on a Texas flight, so it's a short hop. And there were people actually getting on the plane with uh, ice chest coolers full of, you know, uh, Oscar Mayer hot dogs and all kinds of stuff. I, I, Mexican customs doesn't seem to mind if you're bringing in food. So uh, they had it was like they were going on a weekend camping trip or going to a, a ball game or something, and people were basically tailgating on the plane. Yeah, uh, these were people that this was probably their weekend routine. That's what they did every Friday, and they come home every Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, a different world, and I guess uh, this crowd here is doing that. Although you know, there there are a couple of oddball things like that woman who looks like she's about eleven months pregnant. In the yeah, I was seat. wondering about that. I know there are restrictions now on airlines when you can fly, and I suppose. Again, this being not the um, domestic air flights that we're used to, maybe the restrictions are a little looser. 
Yeah, or it, it looked like this looked like the crew of a, of a movie uh, a plane that somebody was getting in, and you have to have the pregnant woman, or they needed a kidney mm. or something. So it was this this could have fit into the airport saga. I was just going to say, haven't you done a podcast <laughs> about a plane trip like that? Yeah, so they have that. I'm still convinced the people, if if for folks watching minute 100, uh, the people on the left hand side of the screen in the front row could possibly be. Michelle Pfeiffer's parents or John Landis's parents or maybe they're related to the Goldblums that they just look like some they know somebody on the you know up on the upper ups that that wanted to get them in this uh, screen uh, yes they they look like they're saying look at us we're getting to be extras in a movie <laughs> hi dad yeah so or hi son more of a thing did you see me <laughs> I was there so uh, so we watch uh, we watch uh, Ed and Diana are all ready to go to uh, go to Mexico and, and leave the past behind them. Uh, but unfortunately, they uh, announced that there's some uh, difficulties in mm-hmm. uh, And I, I had asked the, the, the PA announcer, um, and I'm going to play this right here. Por favor, dificultades mecánicas va a ocasionar el desembarcar de la cabina y el regreso a la área de bordar. Ladies and gentlemen, mechanical difficulties necessitate our asking all passengers to kindly deplane and return temporarily to the boarding area. Thank you for your cooperation and our apologies for that. That sound, that, that announcer there didn't didn't seem like uh, he was an actual Mexican. So I asked an actual Mexican Mexican friend of mine, if, you know, am I right in that? And uh, he uh, he he listened to it and uh, and told me that uh, he felt that whoever was doing it was uh, someone either German or Eastern European uh, trying to speak Spanish, and then uh, when they switched to English, they were doing um, you know a, a fake uh, Anglo Mexican accent uh, as they were speaking English. So that's not it's not authentic Mexican as and that's that's the opinion of an expert authentic Mexican for me. So thank you Juan if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I don't. Saying. I don't even know when you're making a movie and you want someone off screen just to read a few lines. Do you just drag the the guy that's closest to the microphone at the time and say, "Here, read this," or is is someone hired specifically to say, "Ladies and gentlemen, we're having mechanical difficulties"? Since my days in film school, I always assume that any off screen voice is that of the sound editor who didn't get enough audio and is uh, grabs a microphone and sits in a booth and says whatever he needs to so that. Uh, they, you know, it, the the script is is completed. Okay, that's that's kind of what I was wondering. Uh, uh, I I can't help but look, stare at all the uh, '80s haircuts that are in there. There's at least two people with mullets. And everybody and, wearing '80s eyeglasses. Oh yeah, the giant uh, the taking out the ball enormous, game. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, it's uh, it's stunning, but. How uh, how well dressed everybody was even back then. I mean, mm-hmm. even even ca- you know they're dressed casually going going on a vacation. They're all wearing button down shirts and nobody looks like they fell out of bed and climbed into an airplane. It was it was before the days when wearing sweatpants and leggings <laughs> in public was acceptable. Uh, these kids today. <laughs> so it's, uh, yes, yeah, get it's, off my lawn. <laughs> it's uh, it's a beautiful scene. Of, I, I wonder how many other movies that uh, that set's been in. I know there's a. There's a company we talked about this previously on a um, uh, on Apollo 13 minute about how there's a company in Hollywood that all they do they have uh, they have aircraft sets and all they do is rent out aircraft sets because studios don't want to have to pay to build a big set like this so they just take a couple of uh, they have a whole bunch of seats 
they uh, dress them up in whatever airline livery you want, and uh, and you film your you, you go in there and you film basically a location shot. You film you film whatever kind of airplane you want to be on, and then uh, the camera crew goes goes away and and they reset for some other movie. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's very it, practical. It's just kind of weird that you think that every well, every airplane looks pretty much like every other plane. So it does to me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's you know I look at it through closed eyes and say, "Are we there yet?" Yeah, this is a rather um, '70s looking. They, if I were gonna guess, I, w- I would guess that this is a reformatted uh, Braniff plane. Braniff always had those reds and yellows and purples, and it was uh, a little bit garish. But uh, you know, if you want, uh, I would think if you were gonna have uh, a, a plane like Air- Aero Norte, it would be a very colorful plane. So. It's uh, it's pleasant. So uh, it looks like it looks like the, the jig is up, as it were, for uh, for Ed and Diana. They thought they yeah, were getting to. Uh, they thought they were going to escape, and they've got the the wad of hundred dollar bills in their pocket somewhere, and they've gotten rid of the jewels. And I am curious to see what's going to happen next because I suspect this mechanical difficulty is not actually a problem with the plane. Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, and apparently you're not allowed to stay in the plane. They, uh, they could, there could have been a bomb threat, and we didn't know. But they, they want to get everybody off the plane as quickly and quietly as possible. So um, they, they get everybody off the plane, and uh, unfortunately, uh, Ed and Diana get approached by the, the. She's listed as stewardess, although by this time they were all flight attendants. Um, she, she, uh, they get approached by a stewardess saying that you can't, you know, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And, uh, and and there's Ed again doing his character, the part that drives me crazy about his character. He doesn't get upset. He doesn't get annoyed. He doesn't get worried. He just says, oh, this is my life now. <laughs> That's We've talked about this before. It's one of the things that annoys me about this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just, well, he, he did make a half-hearted attempt to say, can't we just stay here because mm. it feels nice? And, mm. um, but uh, the the stewardess is having none of it and uh she is uh it's funny she and jeff goldblum are both uh veterans from uh uh the original the movie that started it all for them uh the big uh, the big chill and uh jeff was picked by landis uh after looking looking through some of the characters and and getting turned down by uh uh, william hurt and kevin klein and all the other people that he wanted to have as ed oak and uh jeff was finally you know picked and i guess uh, well, Landis was filling out his uh, scorecard for uh, for this particular dance. Hmm. He thought, "Oh, why don't we have uh, Patricia Gall on the on the movie?" So he stuck her in here, and uh, she they get re- well, It's always good to give your old friends a job if you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I remember her as being Kevin. Co- you know, Kevin Costner was in the Big Chill, although we never we did only get to see him in the uh, opening uh, credits because he, he was, was a corpse, wasn't he? He was the corpse. Yes, yeah, you get to see his hand. <laughs> And, uh, and the suit. But, uh, yeah, Kevin Costner would later appear with uh, Patricia Gall as uh, Patricia Gall played his sister-in-law in the movie uh, Silverado. She oh, was okay. And her husband uh, was played by the guy who played uh, on Tim Allen's show. He played Wilson. Oh, so she I, was ma- I did not know that. She was married to Wilson. And, you know, <laughs> and here she is a stewardess. Well... So it's a it's a small world with many many intricate interweaving uh, things, but uh, I tried to find Patricia Gall to talk to her, but uh, I don't know if she's still doing things. She hasn't done anything since 2013, and maybe she just had enough. <laughs> but a uh, great she had a, she had a great career going. She was on Hill Street Blues, and 
Silverado, and uh, she was in a whole bunch of TV shows like Empty yep. Nest and St. Elsewhere and all the other And so things. she kept her medical insurance up every year. And exactly, you know, yep. smart move. And she was a pretty adequate actress. She's she's not she's not quite forgettable, but she seems very sweet, and mm-hmm. uh, she always plays pretty much the same role, just some somebody that's attentive and kind. So mm-hmm. I, I, like, I like the roles that she picks. Um, and so it looks like as we come to the end of this minute, uh, poor uh, Ed and Diana are going to have to get off the plane and face the music or mm. whatever, whatever else. It What's doesn't lo- going to happen next? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of a, they were so close. They yeah. were on the road to uh, Acapulco. And, eh. <laughs> so we don't know where in Mexico they're going. though. They I was just going to ask that. Yeah. Was it Acapulco or... I would have guessed Acapulco, any anywhere just south of the border. If they'd gotten to Tijuana, they would supposedly been untouchable. But I don't, I don't know how. I would think that Shaheen's, um, Shaheen's tendrils yes. reach into every other, you know. And you probably, of, you probably don't want to go strolling through Tijuana with um, what twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, not a good idea. Not in cash. Yeah, might uh, well minus the tickets, which are probably at the time they're probably forty bucks a piece. Wow. So yeah, those are the days. Uh, and, uh, wow, three across. And you know that those weren't 21-inch uh, seat pitches. They probably had a lot of knee room and everything. Could put the seat back without hurting somebody behind them. Yeah. Of course, they'd all be smoking behind you. That, that was back in the day when when oh. the, uh, the ashtrays worked on the seats. Yep. Hadn't even thought about that, uh, but you're right. Yep. They always had they always had the smoking section the last the last five rows, but every <laughs> <laughs> if you're in a plane, every section was yes. the smoking section. So it's just something, something our children will never have to have to deal with oh it was I, I can remember flying uh there was a, a night flight that i used to take from uh from washington dc to dallas mm. and by the time I, I by the time i'd fly into dallas i was just my clothes all smelled like i had you know six oh, packs I of marble re- i remember those days yep you, you'd go out to a club and go dancing or something and you'd come home and You'd have to hang your dress that you'd been wearing. You'd have to hang it out on the porch to air it out. Uh, wow. That was awful. I, I worked in a lot of aerospace companies where there were a lot of ex-militaries, and nobody smoked like uh, ex-military guys. Mm. And we'd go in, I can remember going into like a windowless conference room, and half of, the, half of the group in the conference room would light up, and then they'd finish up their cigarettes and put it out, and you think, thank God, and then the other half would light <laughs> up. Um, I... I'm surprised I didn't come down with like emphysema by proxy, <laughs> but, <laughs> but those days are all gone, and I don't don't miss them mm-hmm. at all. Not at all. Wow, but uh, it's still interesting to see these little time capsules of the past, um, just so we just so we remember what we're not missing. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, it's been a great week. Thank you, thank you for uh, sitting in for the for these three. I know that people have been uh, responding to our, our discussions and <laughs> our lack of agreement on things, but you know that's yeah. what the that's spice what makes of it life. fun. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Someday you'll you can uh, get on the newsies minute and talk about movies you really like. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, I, I'm glad we don't agree on movies because it gives us lots to talk about. It does, and it gives us you know our. our <laughs> have you ever told them how we've actually got two different shelves of DVDs, your movies and mine? No, you, you, you <laughs> feel feel free to uh, to chat about that because we both have different ways of. Uh, oh. categorizing and sorting we do he puts his in strictly alphabetical order no matter what whereas i like i like the way my movies are arranged on my bookshelf which is the way that video stores used to do it i've got a shelf of action and adventure movies i've got a shelf of disney and children's movies i've got a shelf of musicals 
And as you can see, I'm waving my hands here and pointing to the shelves as I talk about them. Um, <laughs> but it just makes sense to me. If you're looking for Cinderella, you don't want to look next to Crimson Tide. You know, you want to look with all the other Disney movies. Okay, that being the case, where do you put Into the Night? Into the Night would go with my random action adventure. I think I've got Die Hard and a couple of other. It's just things that aren't really comedies, aren't really dramas, caper films, basically. I've got a whole part of a shelf full of those. Okay, so this would fall under caper. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, this would go in somewhere after um, Independence Day, and uh, I don't know what the next one would be after that. I have probably have some... I'd walk like over and look, but I'm afraid I'd pull no, the cord out of my no, laptop. No, it's okay. So. <laughs> I, 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 know it's, I know it's near Independence Day. Mm -hmm. Actually, actually, I, it's not near Independence Day because I have it on Blu-ray, and I do have a separate Blu-ray. You've got a se Yes, you've got your movies in alphabetical order unless they're on Blu-ray, and then they're in a separate alphabetical order. That's right, yeah. So <sighs> it's probably in between, um, gosh, John Carter would mm -hmm. be on the right of it, and then... Um, I don't know what. Uh, I don't think I have Independence Day on Blu-ray, but uh, ah, oh well, it's a mystery. I will find out later, mm -hmm. and I, I may post it on Facebook. Yes. Which, which right. reminds me, if, I would like to hear how other people sort their uh, sort their hard hardware or their software. Uh, I would so, assume, however they do it, they probably have a strong opinion that their way is right. Yes. <laughs> well, we have two right ways, so that's that's mm -hmm. fine. Yep. Uh, but yeah, if, if you would like to talk uh, more about how you sort your own collections of, of movies and TVs, I, I, uh, TV shows, I would be most interested to hear about that on our social media, which you can find at the King Lives Listeners Limo out there on Facebook, or you can reach us on Twitter at Night Minute. Um, and if you haven't listened to the previous 100 minutes, we're up to 100 minutes now already. So we're getting right down to the final 17. I think there's 17 minutes. So we've got final 17 shows coming up. So, uh, But if check, catch up with the previous shows on our big website, nightminute.com, or you can find us wherever you find good streaming uh, uh, podcasts over on uh, Apple Podcasts, for example, or Google Play or Spotify. Uh, but we will return next week. Uh, two news hosts are coming back to, uh, to chat some more about this great movie. So we'll see you next time here on Into the Night. Bye, everybody. Do we thank you or what? I'd say I fall in the or what category.